Welcome to the Keel Hall Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today. So tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, it's actually not really a whole lot of news. In fact, it's actually kind of a quiet week for Sea of Thieves. There's not a whole lot going on. So I wanted to talk about some of the things that I think we should hopefully be getting into in the near future it is post year five anniversary and i'm left thinking what's next all that more in this week's episode of keel hauled podcast but before i get into any of that i have to thank the patrons they are the ones that went over to patreon.com forward slash keel podcast to support this content and more and by the way i have a quick question because for a long time i've had the uh, value for the patreon uh, part of it being the ad free version um i i really want to get away from that i really don't like ads and podcasts and i have enough support now that i feel like i can take care of the the costs of the podcast uh, without having needing to have the the ad revenue generation from it so i'm looking to get away from that i'm looking to try and get everyone on the ad free version and i need the patrons to give me their feedback on that so i have a post that's in the patreon uh, website so if you head over to the website there is a poll there it's good for the next six days i would love to get just a quick you know five minutes of your time to take a look at it uh, vote on it so i have an idea if that is a value add for you that you look forward to would that impact your support things like that um because i want to know i want to know if that's important to you otherwise if it's not then I'll, I'll take the ads out of the show in general uh, because they they aren't helping nearly as much as they they ought to uh, i'm not getting the support that i thought i would with them and i'm, I'm hoping to keep control of the podcast where i have it published i like having this kind of control because i do these late night episodes from time to time and i hate bugging other people for this kind of stuff so i want to keep the autonomy i want to keep it ad free uh, and the patrons are helping do that so if that's if that works out for you all fantastic um but i want to shout out to the people that are patreons right now because they are the ones that are making this ad free for everyone in the future and i want to keep it that way so thank you to people's republic lq'd Balls, Bam Bam Bagel, Captain Hasco, Chateau Neuf, Super Pack, Zombie Killer, Cloud, Cosmic Johnson, Static Mir, Davram TV, El Jefe Esteban, Fergatron, Godhammer 6, Trickster, Jabaro 5, Jorby Jorbs, Carl Embo, Kazi of the Aficionado, Nightstar, Lumpy SRQ, Evil Morpheus, Xbox Mike 29, Murphy Lives, Mutinous Max, Raja the Brave, Registella, Replicated Flame, Rust Belt Kid, Norwegian, Skamelt 666, Captain Dasm, Captain Chonky, TN Professor, Real Big Tuna, Big Bad Pat, Mina Fairy, Captain J Rat of the Flaming, Flaming Cold Sore, <laughs> The Lore Chronologist, Dead Eye Dre, Hager Owl, Jeff H, Ghost Boy 20, Evil Martha, Peter Miller, Ruski Doo, Thor Von Blitz, Windsor Chris, and Zam, wow. Thank you all so much for your support. It really, it really does help. And it means the world to me. It's going to help out a lot in the future too. So thank you. With that, let's get into the podcast. First up on today's docket, let's talk about some of the time-sensitive stuff that hopefully you all had an opportunity to get uh, this weekend. So I can't remember, and I and I may have to apologize to you right here now, that I don't remember talking about this in a past episode. I feel like I did bring up the fact that Sea of Thieves was having Twitch drops this weekend. But with last episode being with Miles uh, Dompierre, which was a great episode, please go back and listen to that if you want. I think it really did touch on a couple points about how Sea of Thieves needs to get some flashy, mainstream-worthy content out for this summer so that we can really get some good attention on the quality and the state of Sea of Thieves as a whole. I loved having a, a good conversation with him, and I've got a really good interview that I'm, I'm looking forward to recording in the future for this month as well, too. So look out for that also just a quick reminder um while i'm thinking about it the uh the actual gold hoarder episode for this month is going to be on the 22nd um i i don't remember if that is the the normal month that it would be i think it is because it's the last monday on the 24th that we'll have and the following weekend is going to be my 10 year anniversary to my wife so i will probably be very busy that weekend i don't think i'm actually going to be doing anything other than celebrating with her uh with uh, uh just going out and, and having a nice decade together 
as a married couple, I'm very excited about that. So kind of a weird thing to bring up on this, but just to give you all a bit of a heads up as to what's going on in my life. Uh, but with the see these twitch drops that happened this week hopefully you all remembered hopefully you all have your automatic twitch installed into your chrome browser or some sort of better tv uh chrome extension or some extension on some browser so that you managed to get your drops because we got the eastern winds sapphire clothing uh this is four pieces of it it was the peg leg the hook the jacket and i think it was the shirt as well too uh so hopefully you all managed to get those this weekend i would hate for you to not have to have an opportunity to get your hours in again it was four hours you had to claim each drop at the end of each hour to be able to get the next one uh this set honestly with the the motif that they're going with it is really nice i do like the silver and sapphire i think it's a, a much more apt uh, description than the emerald winds one uh was but i i, I like this a little bit better and uh i'm kind of curious what the set after this is going to be because I, I know that we're going through this new recolor uh, and they've kind of designated the eastern winds uh set as kind of the the twitch drops for the time being and um i'm just kind of wondering like if if folks are still engaging with this i know a lot of us you know we want to get the the drops for the sake of actually just having drops so you know like many of us just want the cosmetics even if we're not going to use them because we don't want to miss out on having the opportunity to actually collect them right so very curious to hear uh some folks thoughts and it brought me up uh, or brought up a question that i saw on twitter um that actually came from fuzzy bond and i wanted to kind of throw this out there because it was a bit of a contentious tweet from them uh and i and i respect fuzzy bond and i and i agree with his statement on this but i wanted to bring it up to everyone else because it really did kind of make me question um what is it to see if these community members for you to be um kind of engaging with uh streams for this content like is this what you'd like to do like are you looking to uh to go and engage with a streamer to get your drops or are you just putting on a stream for the sake of actually you know getting the the cosmetics and you don't really care who you're watching because uh, Fuzzy Bond put out a tweet on the 6th, with, which I believe was just before the drops actually went out. And uh, his tweet says, by doing a quote unquote AFK Twitch drops stream when you were not actively there, it is only this, it is, uh, and I think he means this um, a little bit differently, but it is is only disrespectful to other streamers that are awake and trying to make it through. Um, and and I, I could be misinterpreting this, but I feel like I want to clarify just a little bit. Uh, he makes an interesting point out there um, that there are streamers that do AFK streams. They're either sleeping or they're not doing anything, but they're doing something and, and they tend to do it during like a subathon because they're they're generally going for a long period of time. Uh, and in that time, they are typically doing something like sleeping, like they, they still have the stream going, uh, but they're not actively doing anything there. And I'm very curious about this because it's an interesting thing. And I wanted to know what people think about this, um, because with Twitch drops, uh, the goal there is to discover content creators to try and uh, drive people to go to Twitch who may not normally for the sake of cosmetics. Uh, and in doing so, maybe find a content creator that they like or that they've enjoyed uh, through raids and through participating and uh, start to help kind of build up that audience. Um, it's something that I'm not actively working on because I, I generally don't stream. I, for whatever reason, I just don't feel like I when I have my time for gaming, I don't feel like I want to be like working, if that makes sense. Like I, I already work 40 hours a week. I, I feel like I want to kind of relax most of the time. And um, streaming is something I like to do with my friends to kind of have B-roll footage for the YouTube version. Um, but I'm curious how people feel about AFK streams when you're going into a stream for Twitch drops uh, for CFE's content. Are you going to content creators that you know? Are you checking out new content creators that are in the partner program? Uh, and how do you feel about AFK streams? Because for me personally, um, if un unless you're doing like a 24 hour stream or like a 48 hour stream, 
uh, there are people out there that plan accordingly. So what they'll do is, is they have uh, their stream. They'll stream for as long as they possibly can. And then while they're sleeping, what they'll do is they will uh, either rerun the the stream that they just did to give people an opportunity to watch it again or they'll have someone that they know come in and stream on their channel for them during the time that they're actually going to be sleeping so they kind of cover it and that way you're kind of getting a, a different peek at another content creator that is local that can come by and, and hang out and chat with people and still engage in the content um, because i think at the end of the day as as a streamer many of them are there to Put on a show per se, uh, and and for and, and I don't mean to be disingenuous disingenuous to anyone that uh, is there just to um, engage with people to have community and to have a, a connection. You know, not everyone is trying to to uh, be an actor or an actress in the in the streaming community. But it brings up an interesting point um, with Twitch romps that I'm I'm curious to know what kind of people. Uh, do you look for when you're going for streamers? Like, are you going for someone that resonates with the type of content that you like? Are you checking out new people? How do you engage with the Twitch drops? Because I'm very curious from a standpoint of, of what is rare hope to achieve with this they've already got their partners and these twitch drops have been coming on a regular cadence. Uh, and they tend to be recolors, but there has to be there has to be something that is in it for them outside of just pure engagement because any content that they put out is a way for them to drive engagement. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because I've noticed that with the creator crew program uh, that seems to have a, a kind of stagnated. Um, and now and the reason I bring this this part of it is, is me kind of slowly segueing into the commendations uh, in the commendations section. We have an entire creator crew section and unlike arena. Uh, it, it isn't closed off. It's still open and available for anyone to participate in. Um, and with Hilarious most recently uh, joining up on the streaming front, uh, they've achieved all of their creator crew uh, uh, commendations. Um, but there's nothing really driving people to do anything with those. And I wonder if um, during the lulls right now, as, as we're kind of, as I'll be getting into because I want to talk about that, uh, should Rare really try to kick that back up? Should they try and take some time to focus in on the creator crew program and try and build different levels of partners? Um, obviously, they've got the legendary partners that they have that are their biggest uh, draws to the game. You know, they've got the thousand views all the time. They're well over 500 viewers on a regular basis. Anytime they stream, uh, they've got lots of attention and Rare goes to them for a lot of their communication for different projects and things like that. Um, um, but then you have people that are aspiring partners and then people that are just regular partners. And there's a lot of partners. And I don't think that there's enough people on the CM team to really give attention to everyone out there. But there was a dream uh, that the, the creator crew program would be a kind of a, a learning platform or a, or a step stool up for Twitch streamers who were looking to get into the partner program. Um, and I'm wondering if that is something that Rare should go back and kind of focus some time into to really try and help uh, flesh out some of those commendations, add some different ones, see if there are things that can draw attention and then build cosmetics to show off the people that uh, have earned some of those those kind of commendations. Because right now there's really not a whole lot for them. Um, so just a thought I had thinking about it as I was looking at the Twitch drops and thinking about, you know, what Fuzzy had, had posted uh, this week and kind of talking about, you know, how are people engaging with uh, this content? And if this content is worth um, driving from Rare's perspective, and if it is, why haven't they uh, done a whole lot to really feel like they are um, continuing to enrich the landscape to get new partners and to give those people an opportunity to really shine and stuff and really kind of goes back to the idea of how I miss the weekly streams. Now, um, a lot of the folks over on the, the Sea of Thieves TV section, they work hard on trying to make some really engaging content. And we saw some fantastic content recently uh, with the, the community weekend and, and the stuff that they were doing. Doing there they've done a great job of of making things spotlighting things and trying to draw attention to that 
Um, but uh, it, it goes without saying that a lot of the people that come together for those types of things, it is a it is like herding cats and trying to get them uh, set up on the the path to be able to all kind of coordinate with each other on dates and times and stuff like that. Especially given uh, one of the interviews that I'm setting up in the future here, um, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to take a half day off work to be able to get this interview um, scheduled out and to get it recorded, uh, which means that it's, it's really tough to work, especially, I think, for a studio that is set in England in uh, BST time or, or uh, British standard or British, British summertime. I think it's summertime uh, going off memory here. Um, versus like GMT, uh, and then have to work with a lot of folks that are over in the United States. And if I'm being honest, I, I definitely sense that a lot of the folks that are partnered with Rare, uh, that have been partnered with Rare, all live on the East Coast. And correct me if I'm wrong. Let me know if, if there are a, a, ha a handy few people out there that are on uh, Pacific Coast time that are streaming in Twitch partners. I would love to find more people around my time zone uh, to to check in on, to, to watch and support and stuff. Because I, I feel like there's a certain amount of time that the devs can communicate with people and that it's a lot harder for those of us on the Pacific coast, uh, to really be able to engage with the community team. Um, which makes me, you know, wonder why rare, uh, hasn't worked with Microsoft to have more active community members that work for Microsoft in this case, but on behalf of rare, uh, to really kind of keep content flowing, even for those of us that are on the, uh, West coast of, of America, um, which also, you know, makes it a little bit easier for those that are, are even further West than I am to be able to engage with that content. Cause you know, I know lots of folks that are over in Australia and New Zealand, um, who are completely ignored, uh, most of the time when it comes to streams, you know, it's it's very hard for uh, many of them to be able to get attention and get notice uh, from Rare themselves. But a lot of it comes down to how much time in a day they have, who can they get in contact with, and how long is that cycle, uh, or how much support can they give to those people given the difference in time zones. Um, so am I, am I grasping at straws? Is this something that, that doesn't really seem to, to really be like an issue? Am I making it up in my mind? I very well could be, and I'm, and I'm not, I'm more than willing, more than happy to be wrong about this because um, I would love to learn about some of the streamers that you all watch um, that you know for sure are are you know on this side of the Rocky Mountains because um, I, I really love a lot of the people over here that I've met personally just from the the small bit of SOT stuff that I've I've ventured into uh, on our coast um, but you know people like Carrillo and uh, uh, um, asylum uh, are some of the few standouts that I, I know of, but most of them are are not people that I know that are on the West Coast. So uh, I would love to get in touch with some of them, talk to them, see how they're doing, see what it's like, see what their experience is, uh, to talk to Rare about that and be like, hey, guys, hi, flag waving over here. We, we want love. We want attention. We love attention. Uh, as you, you can probably assume, we live on the West Coast. So weird, weird kind of tangent, but I wanted to kind of kick this off as uh, a, a stepping stool or a, a an olive branch, whatever you want to call it, to see if we can get some more conversation going uh, for streamers that are, are not getting the spotlight that you think deserve the spotlight, especially just after coming off of the Sea of Thieves community weekend. Um, I saw a lot of folks get their hats, uh, but no one that I knew that was local to me. And I feel like that's a, a miss. And I wonder if it's because of time zones or something else. Next up on today's docket, I wanted to bring up the uh, fortunes, uh, the the fate of fortunes stuff, the the whatever you want to call it, the voyage of destiny. I wanted to bring up uh, Fofs. I wanted to know where are you all at with your uh, fortune chests? How many have you gotten? How many have you turned in? How many have you lost? Uh, and also the Reaper's bounty and Reaper chests. Are those easier? Have you have you been engaging with the Fort of the Damned? Is that how you're most mainly getting them are you finding them out in the wild and taking them to the reaper's hideout uh currently 
Um, I've only had the the good luck of to be able to get four chests. Uh, one of them was one where I got it solo, uh, and then the other ones were ones where I had help uh, or we had stumbled upon a fort and managed to uh, get the chest for ourselves. Um, and and with those four, it was a, a really good experience at each and every one. So I've I'm, I'm really enjoying the 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 re uh, ignite the reignition of of adventure mode after having a full season of dives uh, and no one being on the ocean. I've really loved um, the attention that the Foff and the Fort of the Damned has uh, has earned, um, and it's definitely something that I wanted to address because as I was looking at the um, as I was looking at kind of Twitter in general, I noticed that Sea of Thieves had, had tweeted out that uh, if you've been playing over the last weekend, um, they've been giving away the voyage for the Skull of Destiny. And it's it's something that um, originally they posted that it was going to be available for everyone. They said to mark the Fort of the Damned being beaten 200,000 times so far in Season 9 just in season nine, uh, they're giving everyone a free search for the skull of destiny voyage. Uh, just play between now and 10 a.m. UTC on April 11th to uh, get yours. Plus, enjoy the stunning artwork that they had, which was a really beautiful piece of artwork with Gray Morrow, um, just absolutely uh, destroying some pirates at the Fort of the Damned. And then they also posted another one that said, in case you missed the uh, setting sail between now and 10 a.m. UTC on April 11th, uh, we will give you a free search of the skull of destiny voyage if you don't already have one giving you a shortcut to activating the fort of the damned just keep an eye on the horizon if you decide to tackle the fort and I wanted to I wanted to kind of reach out and see where's everyone at because I'm I'm at four uh, chests of fortune um, turned in and I'm at 20 for the reaper's bones and reaper's bounties turned in um, those have been significantly easier to get uh, i think since this update uh, and i think that the skull of destiny is something that a lot of folks will work on and it's a great way to shortcut your uh, way to to getting those fort of the dam completions done because you do need to get a whole bunch of them done um, and especially uh, 10 if you want to get the cosmetics um, for like the jacket and I think the makeup, uh, I think I'm around, gosh, what am I at? I feel like I'm around 20 or 21. I can't remember offhand where I'm at, but I still have a lot to do. And uh, to be able to get those done a lot faster, I, I really enjoy. And I think that the change to the skeletons being one color per wave um, just helps kind of expedite that process. Uh, so I'm not too worried about that, but uh, very curious where's everyone at have you gotten the fortune cosmetics have you gotten the the weapon set or the sales uh and the livery sets and stuff like that um because i know a lot of folks were starting to run in and question whether or not the fort of fortunes were actually cycling and uh it really kind of comes back to the idea that um a lot of folks are not doing the other events to try and push through the the cycle of world events um so if you feel like you've been sailing for a while and you you haven't run into a fort of fortune i would encourage you go do the other world events go try and knock those out because the faster those get knocked out the better the rng is going to be that you will run into a fort of fortune um i had the misfortune of logging onto a server tonight to look at some stuff i wanted to check some commendations and take a look at my ledgers which i'll get into in a minute and uh see what was going on and as soon as i logged in i kid you not a fort of fortune uh horn went off and i looked and it was at the it, it was at the fort that was right next to dagger tooth it was skull keep it was right there i was like no one was there i grabbed uh the best handful of of pockets i could get uh filled up my pockets i jumped on the sh the ship that i had i had spawned in on that i had no intention of actually even leaving the port i just wanted to check um my accommodations and ledger, ledger positions and uh i sailed over there and the storm was rolling in and just as i got there i was like i was i was anticipating the cannons to start going off and i was like why isn't the why aren't the cannons going off that's so strange and i kid you not the fort had despawned right before i got there like right before i got into the banner and i was so bummed because i was like well first off i was like this this would have been a free fort and and i was really tempted to call someone in and be like hey i need someone to come help me clear this out real quick i don't have a whole lot of time because i still got to record a podcast 
I was just coming in to check out some stuff. Um, can you help me? And as soon as I get there, nothing. I, I hop on the island. I go into the vault. It's completely open. It's empty. There's nothing going on there. And I'm like, man, if this was ever a sign that I needed to stay focused on what I was doing and not get caught up in a fort of fortune, this is it. Uh, so I, I ended up I ended up grabbing a keg because uh, the deed today was to sail a mile and to turn a keg into the merchant. Uh, so I grabbed a keg, I grabbed the sloop, I headed up to Galleon's grave, I turned that in, got my 4,000 gold and uh, went downstairs into the Pirate Legend Tavern to check out some of the cosmetics and stuff and see um, what what I'm looking forward to working on and stuff like that. But man, sometimes it just happens and stuff. So uh, hopefully you all managed to get your search for the Skull of Destiny Voyage. Um, hopefully you all logged into Sea of Thieves at some point this weekend and you all managed to get your Twitch drops uh, so you could start working on that Eastern Sapphire set. Uh, and, and really, I'm, I'm curious how many of you are are running into issues with this because I, I feel like there's a few of you out there that are having troubles getting these drops um, and it's not not anything that's being done wrong on your part for whatever reason your account is just got that bad luck of not receiving the cosmetics after you've uh, put in the due diligence to actually get those so um, if there's ever a time where you, if, if Rare could ever take a look and, and put out a nice little video or a nice little like how to guide or some things to troubleshoot, um, if that isn't something that's readily available, I think it would be great to have some of that because I, I feel like there's a many of folks that are running into issues where they have to wait that 72 hours before they put in a ticket to see like, you know, hey, I was here, I was there, I remember what I was doing, but I didn't get the thing. I really like to get that thing. Uh, Cause it's, it's a shame when folks, you know, they work hard, they put in the effort and they don't get rewarded the way they should. And, and unlike Sea of Thieves, uh, Twitch drops and, and voyages and things like this, those are supposed to be guaranteed. You know, it's yours if you put in the work. It's not like loot, you know, where it's, it's not yours till you turn it in. Um, you know, they're putting in the effort. So hopefully there's something that, that Rare can do to kind of shore up some of the, the, the tickets that they're having with that because I, I feel like I see it every every time there's a twitch drop every time there's a, a login bonus um, someone misses out on it not because they didn't try but because the the systems in place are just not working in their favor Ahoy there, Pirates. This is the ad for this episode, and I did want to let you know if you wanted to avoid these and just get a regular filler, you can head over to the Patreon. There's a special feed just for patrons that get the ad-free version. If you want to keep listening, though, I can't say I blame you because this week I want to let you know about Loot Crate and getting 15% off of most crates and crate subscriptions when you use the link and code ROBOTSRADIO in the show notes. Also, you can head over to audiobooks.com, get your first three audiobooks for free, and that can include any two vip books or use the affiliate link for green man gaming if you're a pc gamer you'd like to save money on games it's one of the benefit of being a pc gamer head over to green man gaming you can get codes for steam epic any of the different stores that they have deals going on they have deals going on all the time and if you plan on buying there please consider using our affiliate link all of that goes straight to me through the network thank you all so much for everything that you do to support this podcast it means the world to me and i continue to try and improve the quality and the content for you with that pirates let's get back to the show so i brought it up um and i wanted to touch on it again uh there's new ledgers and in fact there's only 20 days left in these ledgers so Please make sure you're taking some time, go back, throw up the emissary and start working on those if you haven't already. Uh, the the <laughs> that is, of course, if you're interested in what they're actually giving away. Um, so for first place uh, for each of the different ledgers for each of the different trade companies is a tankard. It's it's a tankard. It's a it's a mug. You get a mug. Um, it's a, a themed mug. It's a themed mug for the trade company that you were representing uh, and it. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, a it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tankard. It's a, you get a tankard. Um, but it's okay because the second place position, um, which is the tier down from the top one, it's, um, it's, uh, it's a fishing pole. The 
really really well themed really well themed fishing pole uh that you can use for fishing um while uh representing the 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 trade company that you you worked hard to to get the ledger position for and um have that that themed fishing pole so that you know if if you wanted to if you wanted to you could totally go out there have a really fantastic adventure fishing and uh drinking in theme for the trade company that you worked all month to uh stay in stay in the top ledger position for um i i i i I hope that we get something a little more interesting um we've been getting some of the the different equipment lately for the the ledgers uh and and i like the ledgers i think the ledgers are a good carrot on a stick uh for for sea thieves fans out there if we want to do something and we want to work on something we have no clue what we want to work on the ledgers are a fantastic way to be able to jump on the game say okay what are we doing tonight well we've got to get our ledgers done okay what do we need to do all right well let's focus on uh merchant because no one ever likes to do merchant so we'll get those knocked out all right cool what kind of merchant do we want to do well i still need to get keys unlocked for the cabins uh for the lost shipments and i still need to get manifests turned in perfect we'll work on those we'll get our emissary knocked out on tonight and then we'll swap to something else for tomorrow or the day after or next weekend whenever you play kind of thing so i i do like them i really do like the ledgers but we're at the fishing pole and tankard part and um um i, I i'm i'm glad they're there i'm glad they're there it's free cosmetics it's it's a trade of time for something that you would normally be doing anyway uh you just have to focus on a specific uh emissary but when that emissary is an emissary that you don't really enjoy and the reason i bring this up is because um what was it two three weekends ago i can't remember i think it was two weekends ago it was the end of the it was the end of the month and uh i saw i was sailing around and i saw a whole bunch of uh reapers and the reapers were just going out and doing reapery things um and by reapery things i mean people at the end of the ledger uh at the end of the month trying to get their reaper in because they don't reaper during the month and they were just trying to get some pve content done so that they could go turn it in get into the top tier at the end of the month because that was when they decided to uh, throw up the reaper flag and deal with the reaper heat uh, per se and it's it, it really does kind of come back to the what are we doing this for uh, we're doing it for cosmetics obviously but we're also doing it as a, a carrot on the stick to be able to work on other stuff so if you are excited about fishing poles and hankards uh then the good news is is that you will be able to get one uh from each of the trade companies for the ledgers for this season the whole season um hopefully if you if you've been taking a bit of a break from ledgers you have some other stuff to work on you can get a a couple of these knocked out this season uh because you've got 20 days left and the reason i say a couple is is because right now we have just finished up probably one of the biggest months for sea of thieves it was march and march was the fifth anniversary for sea of thieves all in for all intents purposes the entire month was a celebration for sea of thieves and now that the party's over i'm left standing in a room with streamers and spilt beer and you know pieces of cake on the ceiling and i'm looking around thinking this is a lot to clean up what's what's going to happen tomorrow uh because right now if you guys are are looking at sea of thieves and you're thinking okay i've got ledgers to do that's fine it's beginning of the month i don't really know if i care about fishing poles and tankards but if i do i'll get them done anyway because it's something i need to collect because it's just like twitch drops uh but what is next for sea of thieves what is coming after the fifth year anniversary we still have a whole rest of this season to 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 talk about for content and that's what i was kind of thinking about when i was thinking about this episode is like i don't know what i'm going to be talking about there's nothing going on it's just ledgers and then fortune stuff and that's it so i wanted to bring up the fact that we're still waiting uh for an understanding of when we're going to be getting adventure 12 which if you don't remember is a dark deception the departure of the captain briggsy storyline that we had started uh last season and got up to the second the the second uh, part of that story and the third part of that story is supposed to be us going into the sea of the damned to rescue briggsy 
to find the cure for <laughs> for being a skeleton. We we left on such a cliffhanger and we have absolutely no idea when we're getting back to it. But we've heard from the podcasts for Rare, from the devs themselves, that they are focusing on the dark deception and that it's going to involve Ramses. And we don't have a date for this at all. So I'm hoping, I'm saying this, I'm I'm speaking it into existence. Speak your dreams if you want them to come true. Uh, I'm hoping that Rare will release this week information about when the next adventure is coming. They will kick up the marketing for this. We will get a date and we will get a bit of a teaser about what it's going to be so that we can understand what this dark deception is about. Does it involve the glowing rat that we've seen in a lot of the, the posts that they've been putting out? Um, many of you know that Falcor is out there he's on it uh the aiu is out there on it the are there everyone is trying to understand the significance of this little rat that is all over social media in their posts they put out the little the little teasers and stuff you know find the rat in the image kind of thing and i want to know if that is tied to the mystery or if that is tied to the dark deception because it's it's leaning more towards the mystery side of things um but without that understanding without that that context we're missing um, is it's left to our own devices and that's usually when we are at our worst because we're coming up with thoughts theories expectations on what is going to happen with sea of thieves and many of us don't necessarily need this to be the driving force for us to play the game many of us play the game for the sake of playing the game with our friends to be able to play the game um but there's many of us that really do love the lore aspect of sea of thieves that really do love the story that's being told and to not have a a lighthouse giving us a, a, a beacon of light to give us a, a direction to head towards safe land in the middle of a storm. We're left with our wheels spinning with holes uh, breaking into our under our hull and water seeping in both from top deck and from below. Uh, unsure of, of what we're going to be getting in the future. And with us getting closer and closer towards uh, the canceled E3 and knowing that Xbox does plan on having an event in uh, two two months. They plan on having um, a, an event that is an Xbox event, but also a, a Starfield special Bethesda event. And I'm, I'm constantly thinking like, does Rare have something for that? If they do, then it's going to be a long wait. And how much can they really pump out as far as continuing to keep players engaged between now after the fifth year anniversary and whatever that new cool exciting thing is that's going to get shown off at e3 now i'm i'm 100 percent speaking to rumor here i have no idea what they're doing i don't know if they're doing anything i have a hunch and and i hope that i'm right about the hunch because i'm hoping that um the interview that i did with uh davram from uh, power talk radio that just came out this last week uh that that the conversation that i had with milestone pierre for ign uh, about that big marketing thing i i hope that the reason the cinematics have slowed down for the adventures is because rare is quietly trying to gear up for something big and and i'm putting a lot on rare to to own up to that and, and i recognize that because they don't have to and they don't and there's nothing that they've suggested that is going to be something like that this is all purely speculation on that but um i wanted to to kind of address this because we don't know what's going on with the adventures um they've broken all of the the cadence that they've that they've kept to for so long that, that that's done really really well for them um we don't know what's going on with the mystery uh, I feel like the mystery, I feel like the mystery, I don't know if it's begun. And if it has begun, it's begun to start to, to really kind of lose its way. It's starting to fall into that that territory that uh, that the first mystery did where it's being prolonged so much and it's not being done in game that people either aren't aware of it haven't seen the teases or don't care because there's nothing impactful going on in the game yet um so i wanted to, to bring up adventure 12 i wanted to bring up the legend of the sunken kingdom because i don't know if any of you may or may not remember if you remember you get points 10 points to 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 see if these fans out there if you remembered 
what the legend of the sunken kingdom voyage is where it's sold and why it's important now i'm this is a bit of a this is a bit of a, a, a bad thing. I shouldn't be doing this, but I am kind of messing with folks on this. Some of you out there are thinking, Logan, why are you bringing up the Legend of the Sunken Kingdom voyage? It has absolutely nothing to do with what you all were talking about. And, and if you remember this, then kudos to you because <laughs> you're exactly right. The Legend of the Sunken Kingdom voyage has absolutely nothing to do with adventures or with the mystery. And the reason I bring it up is because in the game, if you go buy this, there's not really anything telling you why you should buy this voyage, but it is definitely there and it is definitely a part of what Lorena offers. Um, and the reason I bring this up is because there's no context surrounding this. Uh, it is something that you have to um, be able to get all of the Sunken Kingdom journals. And once you've read all 30 of the Sunken Kingdom journals, you can go and buy this voyage from Lorena for 50 doubloons to start the adventure. Th th I'm not going to spoil it for those of you that may not have actually gone and do it, but effectively it does deal with specifically the history of Sea of Thieves. Um, it, it opens up a lot of lore, but it has absolutely nothing to do with the last mystery that we got or any of the adventures that we've had in the past. And the reason I bring it up is because, um, one, it was a bit of a ruse, but two, uh, the, 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 what you actually have to do to uncover the mystery um, for the game, which is a hidden commendation, unless you actually go and follow a guide on how to do it, because I guarantee you it was so foobar when they actually did it that unless you followed a guide, unless you knew what to, to pay attention to, uh, no one really was able to really kind of like AIU was was able to work this stuff out and figure it out uh, all together at the end. And if it wasn't for them and a few other people out there really working hard to try and put piece together what, what we had found, uh, then none of us wouldn't have been able to complete the mystery for the last um, thing. And that is that mystery is still in the game. It is still in the game that you can go and complete now. And we still don't have a resolution to the end of that mystery and much like the legend of the sunken kingdom voyage there's so much that rare likes to do to engage players that for all intents purposes um feels like it is a one and done and and what i mean by that is they you engage with it in the world at the time that it's active and then once it's done just like an adventure it is gone it is disappeared from the complete realm or 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 uh purview of of anyone playing the video game and unless you go and seek that stuff out specifically if you if you visit rare thief and you troll through their guides you may stumble upon it and understand a little bit of context about it um, then there's there's really nothing in the game that tells you about this stuff. And, and it's not quite as cool or, or unique as the uh, little skulls in the game that are hidden around the world that have a little gold key that were tied to uh, a very specific um, uh, a, a kind of a treasure hunt or I can't think of the word right now, but they're the, it was tied to um, stuff that they were doing uh, at at conventions to to drive pl players to actually go and complete like this the mystery that they had created right so I'm hoping and this is kind of a plea at this point I'm hoping that rare looks at what what is going on right now and and sees that this is starting to trend a little too closely to what happened with the first. Uh, mystery where the the social edge of this the social side of the the engagement that they're looking to do with the mystery is is great for the lore hounds out there that have the time to be able to dig into these posts to to open up the 4k uh, image and scour over it looking for a tiny little rat and try and piece together why the rat is important for this post does it pertain to the first letter of every post and how that those letters spell out a phrase like there it's 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 getting to be so tough for the average sea of these fans to be able to enjoy this content that i fear that this is going to be something that is just going to fall by the wayside just like what happened to demarco no one's going to find out and his death was so so kind of it, it, it was not it was not showcased or celebrated because it was trying to be so coy or or, or clever about what they were doing with the game 
And I, and I appreciate their desire to do stuff like that. But I also have to look and say, like, how many people engaged with this? Because if it was less, less than 2%, I can tell you what the community is going to think about it. But that being said, um, we still have no clue what's going on with the, the mysterious rat. We don't know if it, it pertains to the adventure. I hope that what Rare does is, is that they realize that if you want to, if you want players to engage with these types of mysteries, there have to be cognizant breakpoints where things are achieved and then reveals are, are told. The, the murder mysteries that work out the best, the ones that make the best movies are the ones where you don't know what's going on for most of the film. You see little things and you, and you, you know, everything is laid out in front of you. It's all visible for you to see. And it takes one person to, uh, or it takes the detective in the movie to go back and point to all of the little red flags. And they do this great little montage where it's like, and then this person did this and then that person did that. And as a result, the gun was left here and it wasn't because you did, you know, and you have someone walking you through the mystery and uncovering all of the little clues that tipped the the detective off to understand like who did it. And, and unless you have that with a mystery that you're able to showcase in like a video, I, I would very recommend a video that comes out by Rare. Uh, to really kind of say like this is the this is what happened in the first part of our mystery stay tuned for next episode of dragon ball z you know whatever you want to call it like have that have that episode go in there so that way people can get caught up so that you can track it so that you can have the mystery let people enjoy the the discovery aspect of it but then come in with a recap to say like this is what happened on the last episode of sea of thieves mystery and really kind of punch it up and letting people enjoy it so that when the next one comes up they'll be like oh yeah i forgot i remember that we, we had no mystery and stuff you know you can keep it succinct but really cater to the folks that don't have the time to really kind of uh engage with it because then they may actually start to care more about it they may start to actually get really driven by it so um it's it's a, a, a weird situation that we're in right now and i genuinely think that the reason I've, i'm talking about this today is purely because we don't know what's going on with Sea of Thieves. We have absolutely no clue. Everything is still a mystery. We have no understanding. The orb stream needs to come out and explain stuff to me as if I were a child, uh, please. So um, yeah, that was that was what I wanted to. That was the main the main thing that I wanted to talk about today was going to be uh, my stapler and as well as uh, talking about the Sea of Thieves mystery because there's a lot of interesting stuff that I think everyone should be really paying attention to. If you're not, I don't understand. It's very clear. It's very prominent and everyone should be able to see it. I see it. Everyone else should see it. This is not the matrix code. We should all be able to understand it. Uh, so I, I hope everyone is doing that. If not, hey, you know what? Sea of Thieves is on sale. Congratulations. It's 50% off. Uh, go pick up Sea of Thieves if you haven't bought it. If you're subscribed to Game Pass, um, you're probably good. You're probably good. Just uh, enjoy Game Pass. There's a lot of great content coming out on Game Pass, but you know, keep it for Sea Thieves, obviously. Uh, before I jump into the last thing, I gotta talk. I really gotta let everyone know that um, I am very curious uh, how everyone is enjoying the latest um, Pirate Plunder Pass cosmetics. Uh, because if I'm being perfectly honest, I've had some really good compliments on the Prosperous Privateer pants or the PPPs. And, uh, I gotta say that the, the stripey pants do it. They do it for me. I really love it. I think they did a fantastic job with these and I want more of this. So please, if, if rare, whatever it takes to get more of these piratey things in the game, just throw them in man start giving me the the skull and crossbones bandanas start giving me the the gold earrings um give me the gold teeth if if that's an option for a, a, a curse or something i don't care um find ways to to get more of these um piratey cosmetics the the quintessential like comic book or or uh, movie type cosmetics throw them in there because the the prosperous privateer set is perfect i love it uh the legendary bone hunter jacket is 
is a a perfect pirate legend um, reward at level 100 i was so pleased when i got that uh it, it's it's beautiful it's absolutely beautiful i want the full set i want all the legendary bone hunter stuff uh just put it in the game in the pirate pass i will i will put it i'll, I'll get it i promise i will get it um and then the other thing that i wanted to talk on uh before the final topic is um for forts for force of fortune let's we'll just say force of fortune for all, all all intents purposes um when is the appropriate time to remove the kegs because i feel like this is it, it may be a little bit of a contentious thought I, I feel like everyone would be on the same page about this but um it, it came to my attention that there's not exactly a a right or wrong time but there is an assumed time and i think the assumed time should be the last thing out of the fort now if anyone has a good reason why you should remove the kegs from the fort please let me know uh but for all intents and purposes i'm curious to hear when should you remove the kegs from a fort I remove them at the end. Some people, like other people that I won't mention for the sake of their safety and their their DMs not blowing up, uh, remove them at the start. So I'm curious. I, I wanna I wanna hear about this. All right. The last thing I wanted to talk about is something that deals with accessibility and the reason i'm bringing it up is because i wanted to talk about something that i found out this weekend was going on uh, and it pertains to sightless combat and who many of you probably know sightless by name by now uh sightless was in the um documentary for a sea of thieves uh life a voyage of a lifetime no voyage of a lifetime i don't I, the voyage of a lifetime i think that i don't know why my brain's it's late. It is late, folks. I don't know if you guys know this, but it is like after midnight and I'm recording this. I'm getting this out in hours at this point. Um, but Scientless Combat, who was feature, featured on the, the Sea of Thieves documentary, uh, did a stream this weekend with uh, Behaving Beardly, who many of you probably know for sure uh, who Behaving Beardly is. Um, but they did a, a fantastic partnership in a Twitch stream, um, bringing awareness to game developers uh, for those with sight loss uh, through a new partnership with RNIB, which if you don't know who RNIB is, it is a UK-based charity. Uh, it is is actually the leading uh, charity for sight loss and it stands for the royal national institute of blind people and obviously it kind of makes a little more sense now why sightless combat is uh working in part with them to bring more awareness to developers uh that actually talk about sightless or or uh, loss of sight or the different types of sight loss uh, that can occur with people and the reason why i'm bringing it up to you is because Sea of Thieves is, is a uniquely positioned game that I think has done great strides with the help of Sightless and the, the devs to work on building more accessibility for Sea of Thieves in particular uh, to, to make it easier for those of, of you who have uh, sight issues. Now, Behaving Beardly and myself uh, both share that we have sight issues. Um, nothing compared to what, what some people have, but both of us wear glasses and in fact i'm willing to bet that many of you wear glasses or contacts for that matter or may have actually gotten lasik uh, i personally can't have lasik i got the consultation i wasn't able to get lasik done very very sad about that but i am still fortunate enough to have decent vision now my vision's really bad and it gets worse every every few years it seems like but it is nothing compared to the things that people deal with on a regular basis um, when they have uh, uh, diseases or or cognitive or not cognitive um i can't think of what it was i can't oh they had they had some really good names for the different diseases that uh was going on but to bring it back to the stream um the the rnib or the royal uh the royal institution for blind people um had a, a really cool thing that they did for uh, behaving beardly where they got an opportunity to give him uh overlays that helped kind of represent some of the main different uh, uh diseases that affect uh people with sight loss and it's really interesting to see like how hard it is for you to see with some of these overlays some of them completely clouded up the screen some of them only gave you like a little pinhole vision uh, some of them gave you no vision in the center of your of your of your uh, eyes it was just a big 
dot in the middle and then you had cloudy vision uh on the outside with like black spots and it was it was one of those things that really made me realize like in in, in behaving talked about this or beardly talked about this in the stream too um while Sightless was kind of helping people understand like how he's able to play Sea of Thieves uh, with the help of other people, some of the accessibility features that have been put in. And it was really great to see uh, Mina Ferry as well as Xbox Mike 29 from the Keelhauled community and their own communities uh, jumping in to help Sightless and his community um, to help kind of showcase just how how difficult even going from one place to another on a ship can be for folks that have sight uh, sight loss or or vision impairments uh and i wanted to draw attention to it first off because thankfully it was a bit of a downtime and it was a good opportunity for me to to do some accessibility chat because i love talking about accessibility which by the way gamers outreach um uh, able gamers um uh, special effect tons of fantastic charities out there that are, are working really hard to to not only um breed the 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 culture that needs to be in place at development studios to try and start building games with accessibility in mind from the get-go but also trying to enrich the lives of those that need uh accessibility uh in their lives to be able to play games um sour scar perfect example of someone who is using accessibility tools on a daily basis to play video games and has built up a fantastic community around them uh to help support them with that um so getting into uh, the the stream i wanted to let you all know that it was beautiful to see um behaving beardly uh really in 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 just really kind of connect with this and to really recognize um the privilege where privilege is not to say that you know like he's he doesn't appreciate it in in general but it was really, I hate using this phrase, it was eye-opening to see just how difficult it can be for folks with certain sight loss uh, diseases and, and to know that they still desire to play video games and to know that this is something that can still affect many of us, that many of us aren't free from ever ever not having to deal with this like there's there's accessibility that comes that is temporary there's uh that there's there's conditional and there's also permanent um and to know that there's points where we may go from having good vision to poor vision to no vision at any given time in our lives um not only is is a kind of sobering thought but it is also nice to know that there are champions out there on all on the entire spectrum that are working towards trying to make sure that at least at the very at the very end of the day, the, the entertainment that we engage with with gaming is something that can be uh, done by all that can be enjoyed by all and that there's people working on it. So I wanted to showcase this, showcase this because it was great to see uh, Beardly talking about how much of what he did during that stream uh, was all muscle memory. It was having hours and hours and hours of sighted experience in the game to be able to understand what's going on and after watching it one of the things that really did kind of stick out in my mind one of the things that constantly was nagging at the back of my brain was the fear of not knowing what your actions were impacting and and what i mean by that is is, is i was watching uh beardly try and take out some skeletons that are on a beach now if many of you have watched sightless's streams you you may understand what's going what i'm getting getting into here but uh for those of you that don't know that might just listen to the show and you, you have no idea what what sightless combats uh streams are like um they typically go out and do order of souls missions um they usually round up the skellies for each wave and they bring them to the beach next to the galleon that they have parked on the side of the island and then they direct sightless not only to the cannon uh, but also to uh, the cannonballs and then line up the cannon uh, so that he can get a good bead on where the beach is and where the skeletons will be then they fire a couple shots and adjust based on the the uh, cannonball marker that's on the beach um, whether or not they hit the skeletons or what's going on there they kind of you know tweak it from there to help guide and give Sightless an opportunity to engage with the content, right? He wants to be able to play the game. He wants to be able to kill skeletons. This is a way for them to kind of do this. And to see Beardly um, with very little sight 
especially ahead of him, being told the directions that he needs to do to, to fire a shot and to fire a shot and not have any information responded to or any information given to him that he can discern from himself whether or not the hit worked, whether whether he killed skeletons, whether he missed, like what happened, like no information in the game really relays what's going on unless you're fighting like gold skeletons and you can hear that kathunk. Uh, there's really not a lot of feedback that you can get from visual or, or from, from audio uh, or, or physical feedback to let you know that what you did is right. And one of the scariest things that I noticed was the fear of not knowing what you were doing was either a positive or a negative impact to the overall state of what, what the, the crew was working towards, right? You have to rely on other people giving you information that is not in the game. And one of the things that kind of uh, uh, spurred out from this was the idea that the more accessibility tools that are in the game that reduce the need for other people to supplement that information. And, and what I mean by that is like knowing knowing how well you're doing uh, on, on navigating to a certain island, uh, knowing how far away you have to go to get from the wheel to uh, the capstan or over to the sails, what state the sails are in, like when they are finally pulled up to trim and, and to have to try and beat in on that very specific audio cue, if you can hear it over everything else that's going on, especially during combat. So many of us talk about how silent boarding is a, is a plague on, on Sea of Thieves and it's, it's almost impossible to hear someone boarding your, your ship. Now imagine you can't see them either and you know that someone is boarded. That is a scary thought. So having tools built into the game uh, from the get-go helps address some of that, but having stuff retroactively put into the game after the case not only helps reduce the amount of uh, external information that you need to be able to uh, discern what's going on, but it also helps kind of keep... keep um, um, people's uh, mental state in a, in a good place. Because I noticed too with Beardley, um, he has to deal with the fact that when there are too many voices going on in, in, in he is, he is cognizant of, of the, the sheer number of people talking. And if you've ever been in a party chat where there's like eight people, you know that it is almost impossible for you to get a word in half the time or to know who's talking to who. It's very, very distracting and it's really tough. And for some folks, that can be as much as three people. That that state can mess with you at a bare minimum of two people talking over each other. Uh, and, and, and I know how that feels. So it was very interesting to see, like some people have very apparent uh, accessibility issues, whereas some people, it's a lot more invisible. And it's the invisible ones that can be just as, as uh, crippling as the physical or the, the uh, visible ones, right? So I wanted to shout out RNIB. Um, if you're in England and you have an opportunity to check them out, uh, any anything that you can do to help kind of either donate to their cause or, or help elevate this message to bring it to more attention for other people. I will have links in the show notes to their website as well as to a couple of the posts that not only Sightless but Behaving Beardly put out um, so that if you get an opportunity, you can share with uh, with with you know, other see these peoples, you know, have a discussion about this. What are some ideas that you have? Because everyone, uh, when it comes to accessibility is always looking for ideas on what can be added to the game or what can be done to help improve the gameplay for other people. Because believe it or not, a lot of the stuff that you use in Sea of Thieves may actually be because it was put in there for accessibility options. You may not realize that, but it could be something. And if that helped you, Think of how many other things are in the game or that could be brought to the game that would enrich your lifestyle and your, your gameplay experience because it was an accessibility option that gave someone the opportunity to play the game when originally they couldn't. So that's going to do it for this episode. I wanted to leave off on that. I hope you guys all have a fantastic week. Hopefully we're going to get some news this week on what to talk about. Otherwise, it's going to be a really weird episode for next week because uh, I genuinely don't know what, what we're going to talk about. So uh, if you have ideas, I love ideas. Um, if you have characters that you want me to dive into for lore, definitely hit those up. I will try and get some research done on those so that we can talk about it and hang on to it for light weeks like that. And Pirates, I think that's going to do it. So thank you. I love you. And I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves.
You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology, and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are dragon breaks, how does Chim work, where did the Dwemer go, and more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening, and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel. In a world where solid-state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta, people never stop loving atomic-powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart in their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of two, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope, but accidentally becomes a cannibal and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men. One wasteland. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast. Rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasting thing.